0: I would argue that's maybe the most valuable skill you can have as a professional.
1: We don't have enough leaders in the world today. What do you think it takes to make a good leader? If I'm indulging too much in life, I get uncomfortable and I'm just like, ooh, like uh you're way. missing out on something, like you you you're, you're, you're going to slip. Don't look at the dollar at hand. Look at the the goal. Look at the path. It's better to have a mentor than a boss. We'll probably be wrong about half this shit in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look back yeah. and like we're like, oh. Brody, we, we were off, that. boy." Yeah. <laughs>
0: Alright, today I've got Cruz Madero on, fellow NBA cohort member of mine, yes, and sir. Uh, also fellow podcast host. We're about to get into it. Yeah, man. Thank you for being on, man.
1: Yeah, dude. It's, it's cool being on. Uh, super funny how we found out we were both doing podcasts. I just met, yeah. we were talking about something in class, or like in general to the class, we're talking about LLC. Yep. And then she was like, oh, why do you want an LLC? And I was like... No, for no reason. I have a podcast with a couple of my buddies. Yeah. And then right after And
0: I was I was just sitting up at the front of the class and I was like, We hadn't been in a group together yet or anything. I was just like, What? Another podcast listener? So we talked after class about it. Turns out we both have a podcast and here we go.
1: No, you were we like. We went to
0: hey, Podfest dude, together. You too? do
1: you do a podcast, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. You you do a podcast, like, and yeah, yeah, I'm like, all right, yeah. check you out. I'm like, oh, he does it. I we like started talking shop because everybody yeah. kind of does a podcast here and there, you know. But I was like, man, Brody does a podcast. This this is a great show. This is a same
0: with you, man. Hey, and then and we, you've been you've been at it a lot longer than me too. You're past two years
1: man? no we make two years in april
0: okay so right around a year ahead of me i make two or i make one year uh in like a week
1: yeah yeah and you're okay. doing like man we're doing the same things right now and it's like we're two years in
0: yeah <laughs> so you're doing <laughs> but your thing you gotta dude. start somewhere i mean when i look at where i started to where i'm at now like it's it's a totally different podcast
1: yeah man yeah you got to but it was it was funny so i'm walking to the garage and then Brody's like. Hey dude, you said you do a podcast. Yeah. Like, yeah, check. We checked it, and then I was like, Hey, I don't know if you know, but there's a podcast expo or whatever. Like, I'm gonna go, and then you were like, No, 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 I'm presenting. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and we're like, No way.
1: Like, yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, like, it just like came together for the studio build.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I talked about that. Met a ton of people. You were there too at the. Uh, we talked for a while at the, um, the little after event too. Yeah.
1: that was was fun fun. it's a lot of
0: cool people there
1: it's it was interesting it's information overload for sure absolutely and then you got to kind of business card
0: overload too
1: business card overload Mm -hmm. and then like it's hard too because there's like great tips great tips and tricks great resources great people but then there's so much that you also got to kind of like decipher what's not worth it
0: exactly yeah it was like you get Handed way more than you're going to be able to follow up on. And you got to say, like, okay, this is worth it. This is
1: not. Because did you get kind of a vibe? And I'm sure this is that. Mo- I don't go to very much networking events.
0: That was my first, like, really big conference like that.
1: Really? Yeah. Yeah, that was my first, by, like, for sure, by yeah. far. It was super fun. but Definitely want to go to more. There's something about those events that people want to give advice.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. Right.
1: Not like, always the best advice. Like, they just want to give it, you know, and yeah. it's just kinda... Worst
0: advice I heard there was that you don't need video for your podcast. You certainly need video. There's a lot of kind of old heads there that have had a podcast for, like, 13 years, and, like, they grew this huge following because there wasn't a lot of competition in the market at the time, and you could <sighs> kind of penetrate the market without video, and they still don't have it. You definitely need it as a new You're
1: a blockbuster.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's true.
1: You're telling They're, me I don't need video. You are a blockbuster. Mm-hmm.
0: You They're know? not going to get new people that are like part of the new generation in their podcast.
1: It's interesting because there's definitely, you know, like we do video. So there's 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 a market for people for video, definitely new listeners stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But. It is funny because when you think of podcasting, it's like, no, it's audio. Like, that's when you're in the car. That's when you're on at the gym or something like that. That's
0: how it started.
1: But it's like you're missing out on a whole it's – a, it's a new thing. Yeah. Podcasting these days, like, while the market's becoming more and more flooded than it was, like, when that guy was doing his podcast, it's also not what it was. Like, podcasting now is, like, shows.
0: Yeah, it is. It's an interview show. I mean, I – when I started this, I didn't even call it a podcast for a little while. I called it an interview show because that's what I felt like I was making. You can make it your own show. And people. it used to just be kind of someone coming on and talking regularly. It's kind of your yeah. traditional podcast. Now you've got people coming on. You can interview people. You can have people on just to talk and hang out. Yeah. But it is really more of a show.
1: And I'm definitely a firm believer, like, uh, like, even Spotify, even the listening apps or whatnot, they're not going to—they're uh, going to adapt to video. Oh, so then yeah. you will be phased out completely. Exactly. Like, Spotify already has video podcasts and mm-hmm. stuff like that, right? So it's a listening app. It's for your music playlist. You could do podcasts and stuff. Our yeah. podcast is, has video on Spotify. And it's like— Apple, all these other platforms are gonna follow suit eventually, and then yeah. it's like, all right, now you really are phased out because you didn't even build, you know what I mean? Like when mm-hmm. me and you were worried about, all right, well that looked terrible.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're not used to do that. You're not used to worrying about that at all.
1: No, 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 no. Yeah, so it's it's pretty crazy, but it's fun, man. When I first came here, I was like, wow, like you you opened my mind to uh, getting a studio, because uh, studio is fun. I'm recording in the man cave right now. Which is cool, but also like some guests, we might want to say certain things, you know. But it's always yeah. like, you know, where I live, like, <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> like, nice to have that secondary location. Like, the, no, it can only track you down to a certain point.
1: Especially we get like rappers and stuff like that, and sometimes yeah. you want to call them out and shit, but you just <laughs>
0: <laughs> And just having like having people come into your home. It's like kind of interruptive to your everyday life. It's, it's nice to have it like. It's nice to kind of like section off your efforts in this way.
1: Shout out to my fiancé. She has to deal with that all the time. <laughs> She'll come out of the shower, and then there's a rapper and, like, four other of his buddies, and we're like, yeah. what's up, That is It's podcast night. She's like, I just wanted to make dinner. She's like, jeez. Like, yeah. I just wanted to watch Perfect Match in the living room. Right <laughs> now, man.
0: Gosh. So uh, let's get into what you do a little bit. We kind of talked about how we met. Uh, we're in the NBA cohort. Let's start by so, – What drew you to getting your MBA in the first place? Oh, we didn't even
1: talk about that. We didn't. Yeah, let's get into it. I like that, man. Um, So I'm currently, uh, I've worked at the same company for about 10 years now. Uh, Pretty huge. Yeah. I mean, it feels, it's crazy because I'm only 26 and I've been at my company for 10 years. So I've been there since I was 16. Not a lot of people can say that. Right. And I've been trying to leave. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> You're like uh, my LinkedIn DMs are open. If you <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's a great company. I love. They have working been for there. ten years. <laughs> but um, I, I, uh, I'm in accounting. That's my undergrad. Uh, I went to got my bachelor's in accounting. Um, when I was in my mind, I know that was a long shot for me. Like I don't, there's not a lot of getting that degree. Yeah, man. Like my family, I'm a first generation grad, uh, bachelor's degree. Yeah. Uh, even like, so for me, it was a long shot. Like I always, one of my things was like, all right, if I can't do it, I'm just going to fall back on something else. I'll do this. Like the whole time I'm setting up. So the backup. path wasn't like, necessarily outlined for you. No. So it was very, and I, I, I wasn't the best student either. Like I I I was uh, motivated, college. but like man, like that, like I never, I was just like Bs, you know, C's yeah. and Bs or what. I was just getting by, so it was always. And at UCF too, they have like like high restrictions in the accounting program. Like if you get too many C's, like you kind of mm-hmm. get booted out. Oh yeah. So I was like, oh man, like towards the end of the semester, I was fi- I was. There's making certain sure. classes
0: where if you get a C, you can't even continue in the program. Like yeah. you have to read you have to retake it, and you get like one retake. And if you don't make that, if you don't make a B or higher on that, you're just out of the program.
1: Yeah, intermediate accounting one. That was the first one. You just don't get in. So that was, yeah, that was my first one. I was finance, so it
0: was business finance. I always said I I saw a lot of good men fall to that class. Dude.
1: Yeah. Dude. Bitch
0: of a class.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, But once I graduated, uh, I was just so excited. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to do this and that. And I didn't even think about the next step, like, education-wise or whatever. And uh, I was like, I I never even saw myself getting a master's, like, Mm -hmm. let alone the bachelor's degree and stuff like that. Uh, So, in my mind, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for the CPA. I was like, that that gives me all the tools I need to do what I want to do. You know, big company, small company. If I want to do my own firm or something like that, I could do that. So... uh, I think it was about a year after I graduated, I was like, all right, let's do it. So I started, I got all the, uh, programs and materials to study for the CPA. I signed up and registered and stuff like that. And I studied for about six months. Uh, and it's like self study. It's like, here's these courses you can take and it gets you better or whatever. And, uh, I went and i talked about it a lot too and then i uh i failed i took the first test you need a 70 i think you need a 75 in each of the four exams mm. i think i got like 67 and it hurt and i was like yeah. damn dude i was like i was literally like 10 questions away from like all right cool next you know yeah. and i started with the hardest one because it cost some money uh not too much if you think about a grand scheme but i was like i don't even know if i could get this so it right. could, it could be a waste of money Uh, But I, I failed. What's funny is when we started our podcast, our first 10 episodes, I'm talking about studying for the CPA. This and that, and then like maybe like episode fifteen or something, I talk about failing. Yeah, and I'm like, guys, like I've been talking about it for. Over. <laughs> yeah. I can't not That's talk rough. about
0: it. Yeah, I mean, especially if you put it out on the Bro, podcast it was public. It's I was public. Like,
1: I was like, I'm grinding. I'm gonna do what I gotta do. You guys know what it's about, like motivation, this and that. <laughs> and then I was like, guys, like I failed, man. Like yeah. I did not get it. I got a 67 or whatever. Uh, but then I was like, you know what? And I was, man. It kind of lets you know uh, there's there's no, like, picture or some guy that says, this is what you should be doing, mm-hmm. right? It's a feel thing. It, yeah. It's a feel. And I was really depressed studying for the CPA, dude. Yeah. Like, really depressed. Like, it was just a bunch of stuff that I don't care to do. Like, here's your 10K filing. Here's all these corporate filings. You know, it's also CPS, so it's, like, public so I don't even relate to those types of businesses, like the big corporate public yeah. businesses. Here's all these. Like, There's
0: like probably a disconnect between what you were actually doing at work and what you're huge studying. Huge disconnect. Yeah. like. And, and if you are trying to stay with that company, which you still have, then you're probably not going to face a lot of the things that you're learning in that.
1: No. That's why, like, people talk about CPAs all the time. And I'm like, I know CPAs that you don't want doing your taxes. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. like that just CPA is like you did really good on that exam, yeah. similar to school. Like we're in the MBA program. Not all MBAs are equal. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, like it, yeah, we all got our serve. It's just like when you graduate high school. Not all high school graduates are equal. Not all yeah that whatever accounting people are equal or.
0: There's a difference between being really really good at passing a test and being able to apply those skills in the real world. Yeah,
1: man. Yeah. So, uh, I was. I failed the CPA. I started studying again. I was like, all right, here we go. I was was too close I'm not gonna give up now But then man like two months in I was just like "Ugh," because it's something like it's not like oh you learn the material So you just like review it again, and then you take it and it's like no like there's so much stuff You have to cram. It's Mm -hmm. literally like learn it cram it take the exam if you failed it You literally got to kind of like cram again. There's too much content to just like review or whatever so I, I just got so depressed, and I was talking to my fiancé and stuff, and I was just like, like, I am not happy. Like, this yeah. is killing me. Like, I know it takes work to be great in life. Don't get me wrong. It mm. takes work. But I am not happy. Like, this is giving me zero joy. And partly it was probably because, like, what you are talking about, I didn't even see the benefit. Like, the benefit at the end started to dwindle for me. Right. And that took the that took the soul out of the whole purpose of it, you know? Uh. So... I stopped, focused on work for a little bit, and I felt bad about myself for a while. Like, I was just like, damn.
0: Because you had this whole thing where you were like, all right, what's the next step? I'm doing it. What's the next step? Doing it. And then all of a sudden you hit a thing where you're like, okay, this next step I had planned. I couldn't didn't do pan it. out. Can't do it. Yeah. There's no next step.
1: Yeah. And I don't want to say I, could, I just, it's like, wasn't,
0: I. It wasn't right for you.
1: It like man, and, and it's, it's not for the week. You know what I mean? Like that stuff is not for the week. So I, I, I have zero problem saying, like, man, I just couldn't do it. Like timing is everything. Like maybe if I had nothing to worry about but school and stuff like that, then yeah, but man, mm-hmm. it was it was a lot. So uh it was uh about a year later and I was like, you know what? Uh which we'll talk about later, but I was like, I can't help but to think that I'm a generalist at work. Like, I'm doing IT stuff, I'm doing accounting stuff, I'm good at talking with people, whatever. What better program is going to set me up than an MBA, which is pretty much a generalist type of schooling?
0: Yeah. And I just Yeah, to talk about it a little bit, we've had, let's see, we've had economics, accounting. um, Quantitative business tools, which is just like economics. Business stats kind of. Yeah. Um and then management of organizations, and then now we're in business law and strategic marketing. So it kind of covers – the idea is it covers all the different various areas of business, and it all kind of relates back to, like, actually applying these skills in your work. So it's, it's very good for the
1: generalist.
0: Yeah, it's – Can and you talk a little bit about what you mean when you say generalist and how that compares to the opposite?
1: Yeah, I mean – So, there's people, and we all know, like, there's people, like, uh, you know, you got a tax guy or you got a, uh, you know, you got an IT guy that's really good at, you know, one thing, right? But the best. You need something done, that person will get that done. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Top of their field in, like, a particular skill.
1: Right. Which, there's value. What is the saying? A uh, master at one is a master at, or some a master of all is a master of none. Yeah, right. So there's pros and cons for sure, but uh, just in in ge- this could be applied multiple ways too. Like 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 you could be a a generalist in accounting, meaning you could do costing, you could do uh you know AR AP like reporting stuff like that, you know. Or you could be a tax guy, or you could be a costing guy, and that's about it. You know what I mean? But you're the best at that because there's so much that take that goes into that. But specialists,
0: and you're gonna really fit in where there's a need for that very specialized skill.
1: yeah. and and what's crazy is like at our point, you know, because you're you're a business owner, so it's a little different. Mm-hmm. But like at our age and at our, like you know when you're at your first uh, stages of your career, it's hard not to gravitate to be a specialist because specialists get paid.
0: Yeah. Quick. It's like the, it's the very tempting, like, you, if you become this, you will get a much better salary than your peers. Yeah.
1: Immediately. Like, all your instant job offers are, like, like for me, for... You
0: could come out of college with a six-figure position. Yeah. If you're enough of a specialist.
1: Yeah. If you could specialize, you could get paid quick mm-hmm. and instant. Uh But there's there's a cap there right or there's a there's a ceiling there Mm -hmm. and only those that kind of like take the risk early in their career and sacrifice and and go around and learn different things uh, get to see that benefit or get to see that value
0: so I think this is a really good segue to talk about your personal experience with this because as you're kind of hinting at and getting to you ended up going more the generalist route I think it'd be interesting to talk about how how that's played out for you in your personal career, like since since kind of putting that together and going that direction. Because it's based on what we we're talking about off air, it seems like that's been at least the right route for you, and it's played out well for you.
1: Yeah, and and that's why I also say like uh, we're talking about generalists and specialists, but there's there's levels to that. Don't get me wrong, yeah. you know, but it's a spectrum almost. Yeah, it's like like. um how how can I how, you know it's kind of like I like football only because be seen as a specialist, but then it's like, uh, but I I like all the things and I couldn't tell you the first thing about quarterback. That's a specialist right. within football. You know what I mean? And then like, go
0: a layer deeper, you're like you're the premier coach of like how to best maneuver in the pocket. Right. Right. One little aspect of being a quarterback. So
1: I just want to preface it with, like, I understand there's levels to this, right? Yeah. Because I do specialize in things, and there's benefits to that, and we'll get into it. But for the most part, I've seen myself as a generalist. Uh, I started at my company working in the warehouse, uh, so I had some warehouse experience, and then we could kind of talk about that. But uh, when I got my degree in accounting, I had an internship. Uh to go work at a CPA firm to do audit, hmm. and I was like, "Oh yeah, like I'm, in you know, I'm in accounting." Here, let me... <laughs> I almost got it. <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm in accounting. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm gonna go do audit or whatever." And then right at that time, my company went and got a new new system. This and that. They hired pretty. They're pretty much building a department to facilitate the new system implementation. Yeah. And there was a job posting that was it was like cost account system cost accounting something something and i was like hmm i was like a and a job is better than an internship yeah and also this was uh this was this was december this was december 2019 so this was a year before covid yeah so i remember i took the job obviously uh and i remember thinking like damn i'm so happy i took the job because imagine trying to keep an internship during COVID, like, those are the first people gone, bro. Absolutely, You have zero personal connection with any of them. You're probably remote most of the time or something Mm -hmm. as an intern, and then it's like, yes. You're getting cut, if anyone's getting cut. Yeah, so I was like, thank God for that. But, so, like, my first job, when I got my accounting degree. I was working in a warehouse. I couldn't wait to get into accounting. I'm like, I want to do what I went to school for. Yeah. And then I go to IT, you know? And... A big reason for that was the person hiring. I love, like, I've respected her and I loved her. Uh, So that was the main reason. But, and it felt like a weird transition. I'm not going to lie to you, dude. It felt like one of those moments where you're like, I went to school for this and I'm doing this anyways. Like, what are we doing? Like, I just wasted four years of my life and freaking 15 grand or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, God. But it still was like, you're adding another skill. Over time, Like after a year, I was like, ooh, Mm -hmm. like that's something that everybody does when they get out of school, right? Like they just get deeper in and they get better at it, at accounting or whatever their field is. So uh, I went and I started in IT, and it was pretty much system. uh, I was a business analyst, so any system troubleshooting, stuff like that. But because I was in accounting, I was able to help out even more for the accounting department and stuff like that. Cause they were like, Oh cool. Like you're learning the system, you figured out the system and you also can like, you know what we're trying to say, you know what we're talking about. And that was the first click for me where I was like, all right, like there's different avenues Mm -hmm. in this world that I might be better at. And, uh, uh, meanwhile, knowing I'm not specializing in anything yet, but I started considering specializing in the system stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, so much so that to, at a certain point, I got a job offer for system consulting and was same company or different company. It was a different company. Okay. So, uh, it, it's, it's full circle moment too. Cause like, uh, in the accounting world, when you're in your undergrad, everybody's talking about the big four accounting forms, forms, accounting firms, like mm-hmm. Deloitte, Price Waterhouse. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple others. Grant Thornton. Thornton. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like everybody talks yeah. about it. What's so funny is all throughout my undergrad, and I'm hearing that I'm like, <laughs> like I don't even, I never even looked at those firms because I'm Interesting. like, I'm like, you guys are gonna get those. Like I yeah. know the grades you guys get, gotcha. and you're looking at them right now. Okay. I'm not even Googling them. I don't even know. You know, what yeah. I, like I know Big Four, but like you guys are, you guys know the names. You're in the, you're way ahead of me. Yeah, like yeah. you got it. Like yeah. I, I'm gonna get the jobs you guys don't get. Or you know that you guys pass off mm-hmm. or whatever. Like that was my mindset, and I was totally happy with that. But full circle, it was it was an amazing moment for me. Uh, I got really good at the system stuff. I had a great boss, mentor, and um, I got a I got a LinkedIn. If you're not using LinkedIn, get on there. It's a freaking social media resume or yeah. whatever. But I got a message. We talked you. about it in class today. Oh, my God, bro. If and you're not have on Mike's LinkedIn.
0: At, I asked Mike to send me that presentation because I actually learned some stuff on there that I did not know.
1: Like the promoting and stuff?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like just the, Well, we have uh, like an agency that's helping us with some of our advertising, and there is some stuff that I just didn't know about like the intricacies of how it works.
1: Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Was, they did really good. good, man. Yeah. But I had a recruiter hit me up about... Um, system stuff because i was updating my linkedin as i was learning stuff um and long story short i ended up getting a job offer from deloitte for for system consulting wow so it's not deloitte not deloitte audit and tax which Mm -hmm. is like the big four that everybody talks about but it was deloitte consulting
0: yeah because deloitte is like a massive consulting firm yeah one of the biggest Maybe the biggest in the U.S. Like that. Yeah. That name just like everyone knows that name.
1: And they just opened up a place in Lake Mary or something, so they had a lot of jobs to fill and stuff. And it was like timing; it was perfect timing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I got an offer to be a consultant there, and I was like, man, like I took a step back and I was like, wow, dude, like, like that's a big for not. I'm getting in through the back door. Yeah. Because I've applied there before for audit and tax, and I get. Uh, email the same day saying oh thank you so much for (laughs) yeah thank you so much for applying but like no
0: i think there's a parallel here if you want to take it to talking about you had you talked about this article that you saw and we could talk about the article too but talking about just specializing in areas that are gonna have issues coming up in the future yeah i think that's like an extension of it but what i'm noticing that you did there that was really cool whether you meant to or it was intentional or not at first is like you ended up specializing in this area that had more of a need yeah like everyone has like in the accounting world right everyone has this picture in their mind of like going to work at one of the big four and you're you're made if you can make it to one of those but then you get to the reality of the career world and the professional world. And it's what is the actual industry need right now? That's, yeah. that's what's actually on the table and up for negotiation. Yeah. So if you can anticipate those needs and build your skills around those, that's where you become really valuable. It's
1: like selling a product, you know, it's like, it's like, here's, here's a pen or whatever. It's like, we all know what it's for or whatever, but it's like those that are good at selling it know how to, say why you need this thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why do you need this? Yeah. And that's the same thing. It's like getting at the needs of the industry, the needs of what you're doing, what are the real core needs, and then, like, selling that. So what you were talking about, let me see.
0: And even if, like, if you're talking about accounting specifically, I mean, you could be, you could be top of your class at the best accounting program in the world come out and, and talk about that but if there's someone that has i mean someone that has like a very specific skill that a business happens to be lacking in at the right time is going to be a better candidate ultimately
1: yep a hundred percent because dude. it just
0: it, it's what actually applies to the professional need
1: yeah and it's funny because i was going to go work at a cpa firm and i specialize in things that they do not do mm-hmm. right costing supply chain inventory value systems stuff like that you know like those are all things that you can't pay a cpa to do for you yeah and and it was a little bit subconscious like i i it wasn't totally strategized but when i got when i started in the it department it did it did click for me you're not going to be better at accounting than a lot of these people but uh you could you're better at trying So you're better at learning and digging and Mm -hmm. fishing. You know what I mean? I
0: would argue that's maybe the most valuable skill you can have as a professional is just being good at learning new skills. I mean, you are going to constantly need to improve in your craft. And if you're you're the best of your class but you don't improve after that, you come out and you get the job and you just don't grow anymore – then you're gonna get passed by the people that are growing more.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. When we got our new system, you see people that were just used to every day. Yeah, and when you get a new system, it's like it's like changing your laptop. It's mm-hmm. like changing your like the way you see your every day. Like if
0: you get too complacent and too comfortable in it, it's like you're a boomer getting left in the dust because everyone's in the in tech now.
1: Yeah, well, it, it's funny too because. Uh, uh, Another reason why I leaned into that was my cost accounting professor. I f- I took co- <laughs> I specialize in cost accounting, right? I mm-hmm. fa- that was the only class I failed in my undergrad. And in my I took it in the summer and he was the the guy that failed me. He uh he talked so much about other stuff, right? And that's part, part I stopped going to class cuz I was like I could just read the textbook or whatever but i i totally regret that because he was he was talking real life yeah and a, a couple of the things he was saying was uh he was like you guys are in accounting and i know you guys you know you're going to do well and and you got job security or whatever but he was like you need to know that these big companies are hiring computer science people like tech people and teaching them about balance sheets right uh, they can't
0: because why would they keep someone on full time salary when they can have a computer science person come in, build the system that does the minimum of what they need and just let it run?
1: Yeah. And and like I, when I heard that, I was just like, oh, it's like I, I was immature listening to it. But like that, that statement res- resonates with me till today where it's like it's a lot easier to teach a computer science guy like a tech nerd. A balance sheet mm-hmm. and an income statement that's our mba class you know yeah. what i mean then it is to teach an accountant how to code the mba <laughs> is
0: very interesting because you get like the the minimum viable dose of each thing mm-hmm. they're like here's like the base of what you need to be able to effectively operate in this area and that's it yeah like the rest of their time a lot of them are like some kind of consultant or come from, like, being in big business, having their success already. Yep. And they, they're going to teach you that, and then they're going to say, okay, but we're also going to talk about business in general. And right. How it actually works.
1: Right. Yeah, but uh, that article that you were referencing, and it goes to, like, what you've mentioned on the podcast before, where it's, like, just be a problem solver, right? Mm-hmm. I, that's one of I love that statement, like – The problem solver will always have work to do and will always be thought of when there's work to be done. You know?
0: Yeah. That's like
1: a thousand percent. If you extrapolate
0: that out for a second, what is a CEO of a company? It's someone who is constantly going from one fire that needs to be put out to the next. Yeah. And just handling it. Yeah. An effective CEO. They literally do nothing but solve
1: problems. Solve problems. Because the business is running. For the most part. So mm-hmm. you're just trying to facilitate and make sure it does good, make good decisions, and put it in the right direction or whatever the case is. Exactly. It's true. And then, and what that person needs is a problem solver. And what that person's person needs is a problem. Like, no matter what, you're solving problems. Yeah. Or you should be. And if you're not, then there's a good chance you are the problem.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a clue. <laughs> to be honest, bro.
1: <laughs> to be honest. But I saw this article – because I like that statement. But to take it one step further is if you can foresee and you know what you want to do, why don't you try specializing in the problem? Yes. Right? And I love this. what I mean by that is I saw this article where uh, it was the VP of Oracle uh, system or whatever. And he was talking about what he believes the top four issues are going to be for future CFOs. So I I clicked it and I was like, oh, let me see. And he put, and it's it's obviously uh, uh, an effect from COVID and all the whatever the stuff that we're going through now, but cost controlling, supply chain, uh, technology, more importantly, like getting a return on investment on the technology investments you make. Uh, and then uh, getting your company not to work in silos, meaning like don't let accounting just do accounting and then like marketing is just doing marketing. and They, they need all, to
0: be talking to each other.
1: Yeah, like they're they're operating like they're separate entities. Yeah. You, you got to get everybody to be more cohesive and stuff like that. Those were the top four problems. And I was like, whew, thank yeah. God I did my path that I did, you know, because uh, I gravitated to our problems. And then hindsight, I've been specializing in the future issues that we're, we're seeing. Yeah. And that's just, for me, that was just like a unexpected consequence. Like, it was just a great coincidence. But also, like, for those listening, it's like, if you can foresee that, if you could try. And now, moving forward, I'm trying to foresee that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not worried about the next five years. I, I kind of want to think about... In the next 10 15 years and what those issues might be and what can I do to specialize in that yeah because man like that's right now like the fact that cost accounting inventory valuation systems all those things are on my LinkedIn mm-hmm. I get constant messages from recruiters because yeah. they just search keywords and stuff like that and then your profile keeps popping up your profile keeps popping up Your profile. I
0: think that's a good general
1: tip if you
0: are not getting any kind of job offer while you're already in a good job yeah. then you might not be positioned correctly. Oh, it feels man. like a weird thing to talk about because if you're happy in your job then it, even if you're not planning on leaving then like you wouldn't be thinking about getting job offers, but it's kind of just a a sign of being positioned correctly. Yeah. And- e- even if you are going to stay with your job indefinitely till the day you retire, Your job is going to adapt and change and your company is going to adapt and change and face those types of challenges that you're that you're planning for. And if you're getting the if you're getting job offers and stuff on LinkedIn, that should be a sign that you're positioned correctly. Yeah. In what you're doing or not, if you're not getting them.
1: Yeah. And it's a little bit like you should have a backup plan, too. Like it's a little bit like I know people that don't operate or or say things they they want to, and it takes a toll on them because they know, like, this: I have this or nothing. And that's not healthy. No. That's not healthy for you. That's not healthy for the company because it's kind of like you don't want yes men yeah. just because they don't have nothing else, right? You want people that are confident in what they think, what they know, and if you don't like the opinion and you fire me, that's okay because I have something. I know I have opportunities. Mm-hmm. And for though you know, if you don't think that way, then it's also, you know, th- that's the type of person that does get comfortable a little bit, you know? And it is, depending on the stage in life, like, we're two young men talking right now. So don't get me wrong. Like, I know we all have our stages in life or whatever, but... We'll probably be wrong about half the shit <laughs> in 10 years. <laughs> we we'll are look back at yeah. like we're like Brody, we, we were said off that. boy. Yeah. <laughs> we were And then we off. do the
0: reunion podcast and we correct all the wrongs. Yeah. Well then
1: we're not even working anymore. We're doing podcasts full time, dude. Hey. Cheers <laughs> to that. Cheers to that, dude. Good thing we were wrong about that, cause this yeah. podcast shit worked. <laughs> exactly. No, but uh, that article made me feel good because I found that I like had you know happened to of specialized in things that are gonna be an issue in the future, and then
0: zooming out one level, you found that article because either you follow someone who follows someone who follows someone, or or you follow the the Oracle, uh, the VP of Oracle. Do you think that these um, these like executive positions at at these large companies are good people to follow on LinkedIn to kind of, like, get an idea of that? Because it seems like like you follow or you, you saw this high-level executive at a company that was able to provide that information that kind of helps you fo- focus in and hone what you're doing. Do you think that's a good method to kind of keep yourself educated in what's coming?
1: You know, yes, but not, not who. Uh, LinkedIn... I follow and connect with recruiters. Interesting. Straight recruiters. Like I go uh, like Robert Half, all these different companies that are big uh, recruiting staff, recruiting agencies and stuff like that. I follow all of them. I'll connect with all of them. Um, I'll like their posts, you know, because that article I saw was one of the... um, big recruit uh she works for robert half or whatever and she's one of the directors or whatever there and that's her job is to keep posting things relevant that keeps people thinking about what they might need to have in the workforce what who's better about what's needed in the workforce than recruiters they know exactly what the challenge well they, they have
0: both sides right and i speak from being in the recruiting world myself they have the side of knowing what employers are looking for exactly and knowing what employees are looking for exactly. And it really, it's a recruiter's job to marry those two. So they're talking, the ones that are posting about their experiences, they're talking about seeing both sides of that.
1: And, and they're, that's why their posts are like that much more insightful because they're just like. That's a great tip. They're constantly thinking about or they're constantly seeing the failures they're either seeing the failures from the person trying to get the job, and they're they're posting things that help, you know, give you game on that if not if you're not talking with them or whatever. But then they're also seeing the failures of the employer. For instance, like, oh, resume didn't say this, this, or that. They ended up not taking my guy. They they took my other guy that I didn't recommend, but he had the resume and they fired him six months later. Yeah. And you know they're like saying things like that and it's just like oh like those are the most you get a really
0: things. good sense of where the industry is actually at
1: yeah and that's their job too so like again like i i maybe i took too much credit for how my profile set up right but i'm also connecting with recruiters so yeah. like recruiters are salivating right now
0: how many followers you're about to get them <laughs>
1: <laughs> bro that I talked to one of our guys in the MBA class. He was he was telling me about how he's trying to find something. And I was like, look, man, if I was you, I'd be looking at recruiting agencies in your field, in your market, and mm-hmm. just connect, 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 connect. It's free to follow them. They post job postings, they post this or that. Like mm-hmm. they know they've seen so many resumes. Like more resumes than who you're, you know, trying to apply to and whatnot. And yeah. That's that's one of the best tips I could give about LinkedIn for yeah. sure is recruiters. I've
0: that, never heard that that's a great tip. Yeah, that pull, follow recruiters in your industry.
1: Yeah, 100%. They see Whether both you're looking sides.
0: for a job or not, they're going to tell you exactly what's going on, what you should be looking for as an employee and what employers are looking for. Yeah, man. What your company probably needs.
1: Yeah, and they they'll tell you you, you if you're not getting a lot of action, and you have a lot of recruiters in your network, that's, then that more solidifies what you were saying. Like, you got an issue with how you're positioning yourself mm-hmm. or something like that. And then if you position yourself right and you got all these recruiters in your network, then you're going to be kind of, like, annoyed. And that's yeah. a good thing. You know what I mean? Because yeah. what's better than the next best thing from job security is a good backup plan, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's like... All right, cool. Like, I don't even need job security here. I know I'm, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Like, that's the next best thing. Because I do think I, you, you see people, like, get in certain issues at companies for job security or whatever, right? Like, I'm not going to promote people or I, I don't want to, like, raise, you know, uh, or empower people around me because I want to I wanna keep that control. You yes. know, like, I want to make sure I got that control or whatever the case is. And it's mm-hmm. like, if you know you got a good backup plan, like, you're not worried about... And ultimately, that's the best thing to do. That's going to elevate you at the end, you exactly. know? Exactly. But if you can't see that, then worst case, your backup it plan... It
0: blows my mind when I see stuff like that happening in organizations because it's like... Like, as a business owner, like, you know, like, you can see objectively, like, damn, like, if this person... Was willing to give that control a little bit and like promote those around them. It's not gonna detract from their ability. It, if anything, it's gonna show that they're a very good leader and they should probably be promoted more and be given more opportunity. And but people get like complacent in their position and they're like, "Well, I don't want someone else to come take it. Yeah, I don't man. wanna. I don't wanna figure out how to outsource this part of my job and find tech to do it because I'm." That's what I'm being paid for. Yeah. But ultimately, like, if you do it, you're you're just showing that you're good. You're better at your job. You so can do your job more effectively.
1: For so many reasons, man. And honestly, more than that, we just had that management class last semester. You said leadership. leader. That shows leadership, man. We don't have enough leaders in the world today.
0: What do you think it takes to make a good leader? What are a few things? We could talk about, like, stuff we learned in the management class because that was a great class.
1: Yeah. Yeah, personally, personally, a good leader, um, will, will make you buy in at my, like. They rope you into the vision. They rope you into the vision. Yeah. And they're not assigning. They're, they're explaining or they're, they're selling. They're, they're selling you work. Mm. Uh, in my experience i feel like that that has been a good leader uh somebody that uh is worried about the result foremost for that's the biggest goal but also like how you fit into that process a little bit too uh somebody that doesn't fold under pressure and has a solution or is calm under pressure and says what are we gonna do man like yeah come here like let, let's talk about this not let's figure shies out. away from issues and stuff like that yeah there's not enough people like that man and then ultimately like what we were just saying having the power and the ego and all of the everything in between to promote those uh not promote like job promotion but just like look man like if you got a project done because of one of your employees and that person gets zero recognition from it and you let that happen your leadership's a little
0: i think you're a bad leader if you are constantly taking that credit like just because like if you think about like a really big organization right where you've got like multiple levels of management and maybe you've got person A that's being per- managed by person B, who is in turn being managed by person C. And this middleman, person B, is having person A have a lot of successes and solve a lot of problems, but person B takes all the credit for person C. That's a problem. That's a problem. That person's not going to, that's not good for the organization. And there's, you no- might lose person A because of that. There's going to be resentment. They're they're not gonna they're gonna feel like their their efforts are not being rewarded. Um and ultimately if you're thinking long term, person C is gonna very much appreciate that you had the leadership to be able to make person A successful. Yeah, man.
1: Yeah. And when you talk about like the current economy and like you talk about like a lot of the white collar jobs are getting laid off, stuff like that, right? Mm, you need leaders. Mm-hmm. Cause I uh, I've seen firsthand, uh, hey, no raises or something like that, right? Something where it's like, monetarily, whoa, what the heck? But you can literally see good leaders and bad leaders. Where the bad leaders, those departments are freaking out. Yeah, they're like, I'm here for the monetary. Like, if I don't get monetary, like, uh, I'm not sure if I like my job anymore. Mm-hmm. And then there's other departments where they had good leaders, and you literally like, like they were motivated from other things outside of monetary. Mm-hmm. And it's it's partly like a good leader gives you job satisfaction. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like yeah, like they're getting satisfaction out of other things than the monetary benefits of their job because the leaders also worried about their career development. The leaders worried about this. The so then when the company goes, hey, no raises. That department goes, like, all right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna stick this out, right? We're gonna make it, because mm-hmm. the team is now reciprocating the same the same uh, you know sentiment that the leader's been saying this whole time. Versus like a manager that's kind of a hard ass, results driven, this and this and that. Where there's and when I say management, when I say leader, like there's a place for that. Oh yeah, for sure. Like you're not a good leader either if you don't have those things in there.
0: But you got to be adaptive too. Yeah. If you- you can't you can't get hard on people if if it's not because of what they're doing and it's because of like what's going on you can't just take it out on your team you got to be adaptive and figure out how to make it work
1: yeah man like that's that's one thing like leaders are important out here man and be one you don't have to be a manager to be a leader you don't have to be in this upper position to be a leader like
0: you could be a leader at the lowest
1: levels in an organization. And people know. And people know. And and that's how you get promoted and stuff like that, too. Maybe you don't. That's life. You yeah. know? Like, maybe you don't. But, like... Uh, You're going to be
0: better served for taking that initiative either way.
1: Yeah. Like, I've, I've accelerated at my company very quickly. Uh, but I haven't gotten, uh, in my face, a lot of, like, resentment or anything. Because... I feel like I was one of those people from the warehouse days, mm-hmm. right? Even when I was in the warehouse, we got our new system and stuff. I'm like, all right, guys, like, we got end of year inventory. We got this and that. How are we going to do this? You know, stuff like that. And then we kind of, like, come out on the other end. And I wasn't in charge of them by any means. yeah. But, like, it was kind of like, you know, uh, getting the people together and kind of saying, like, what are we going to do? We're going to do this. And then, you know, and then when I got – that it job they were kind of like yeah like good Mm-mm. for you dude you know or whatever and then same thing in that you know in that team not that i was a leader in that team was a different environment or whatever but like that that helps if it doesn't help you get promoted it helps uh people understand why sometimes yeah. you know um yeah i don't know that's a good one
0: one thing we talked about off air that you kind of reminded me of through a couple stories that you told of just experiencing good leaders throughout your career is just benefiting from finding good mentors. Could you talk a little bit about your personal experience, just finding good mentors and how that's helped you move along in your career? Yeah. I, and how you find good mentors?
1: To find a good blueprint in anything is beneficial right like mm-hmm. if i if the a bef- shortcut on how to get it done oh, easier and faster like if i could have seen you before we started our podcast we we would have shaved a year off well
0: it's cuz i i mean candidly like the the reason i have done anything right in my podcast is because i've observed other podcasts there's and- a lot i'm not doing right because like if i would have started following podcasts 5 years before i did i would know more but just i i Everything I've learned, I've seen from other podcasts
1: and implemented. And that's a skill, dude. I, that's one thing. Like I thought that was, you know, like I'm like you. Me and you are similar people to observe and learn, and then like replicate. Boom, that's a skill, man. <laughs> like or or like, uh, you know how they say like some people can see and learn, and then they don't do it, and then some people see and they have to get hit to learn. You know, like, you gotta, mm-hmm. get, like, get the spanking just to learn, you know, yeah. or something like that. Like, there's people like that. Like, it's not it's not easy or whatever, but that's, I just want to say it. As a Proactive question.
0: learning, I think, yeah is what I would call it.
1: Anyways, blueprint or whatever. Uh, I, if a blueprint works, a blueprint helps, a blueprint is a shortcut, man. And everybody knows that, but yet we do things in life that aren't that. Like, we we shy away from people that n- might know more than you. Mm-hmm. Why? Cause you're, cause you're insecure. It's a little bit of an ego hit yeah, to, like...
0: to think, you know, something about something and then you talk to someone and you get immediate feedback that tells you, I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. It's an ego hit.
1: It's an ego hit Yeah. and we shy away from it, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's, it's the most beneficial thing, man. And I haven't, I want to, we're talking about mentors and stuff. I'm somebody that hasn't went through the traditional steps of getting a mentor. Like I went to UCF. There's all types of opportunities for mentorships and whatnot in our MBA program. They give us so many opportunities for like really dope, cool mentorships and stuff. And I haven't. There's a whole program around it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I haven't taken advantage of that yet. But um, what I have done is people at my company and all departments and, mainly people that you would like to be one day or in a position that you would like to be one day right like i talked to we have a quality
0: or that just have
1: skills that you would like to have yeah period yes Mm -hmm. yes period (laughs) (laughs) no but exactly so like Mm -hmm. people that like not even in accounting that i have as mentors right now you know what i mean but it's just like i love what you do and how you do it i will talk to you about it all the time yeah and I have a, a bunch of mentors at the company I work at now, not a bunch, but like three or so, you know, and some have left, some are still there, but those are people that I talk to now for all kinds of things. When I get, uh, when there's job postings, those are the people that advocate for you and stuff within a company, you know? Yeah. So you might think. Cause they've seen that hunger
0: to grow and succeed. Yeah.
1: For example, when I was in the warehouse, I talked to the director of quality which is, like, totally out of my field. I've talked to, uh, you know, our purchasing manager, stuff like that, where I make them my mentor. I'm just like, yeah, no, like, that's awesome. No, I'm going to school, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like, I got it. I'm going to do this, and then I'll, I'll see you tomorrow, you know. Mm-hmm. And whenever those job postings come out and I apply for it, they're kind of like, hey, who's applying? Oh, Cruz. Yeah. oh yeah no that that kid is you know they're co-signing it yeah they co-sign it so that's one benefit of it. The other benefit is how do you get buy-in
0: from a good mentor? How do you get them to get interested in you? because if you think about it in like the exchange there they have something you don't have. so how do you get them to buy into you?
1: In my experience it gets it com- you have to you have to come from a super humble and vulnerable place where they want you have to make them want to help you cuz if you if you talk to all your superiors or bosses or managers or anybody around you as if like you got it figured out and you don't need no help kind of thing mm-hmm. uh nobody's going to help you you know it's
0: like you telling them I don't want to learn from you
1: yeah like if you're just like like for instance if i was in the warehouse and i was just like yeah no like i'm i'm going to get my degree and i'm going to go work at the cpa firm or whatever so like like this is just like f- for what this is for fun like i don't know like my mom works here yeah
0: <laughs>
1: you know what i mean like yeah. i don't know uh but instead it was like uh hey like how how do you how do you deal with those i just saw you deal with that situation how like how you did it very well how do you do that cuz i couldn't do that.
0: You hit on something really well there. If you compliment the way someone handled a situation, that will immediately open them up to, mm-hmm. thank you for that compliment. I would love to tell you about how I did this awesome thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah, And then also like bringing in, like talking about your plan with them, stuff like that. Like, Hey, I'm doing this, but I'm going to school for this. And I'm really, like I think I could do it. Like, what do you think? You know, like it definitely. You have to be humble. You gotta come from a humble place, and you should be. Yeah. Like you're not trying to get mentorship from somebody that's equal to or less than or whatever the case is. So you, you better They're be better humble. Than you or yeah, yeah. Like, come on. Like, mm-hmm. be humble. If you should be humble in anything, that's a good moment to be. Um, but also, it's like, uh, um, uh, how do you say it? um give like i try to tell for like my most recent example not everybody wants to be your mentor too that's that's what i was gonna say yeah so like there's ways to get mentors you know and there's like good approaches
0: but not to get buy into it
1: no if you think like how do you spot that uh it might be like to that leadership thing that we talked about Like, some people are in positions of power, and they should be, and they're great leaders and stuff, and some people... Just found themselves I've sold my story to... Not sold my story, but, like, I've I've done those things to certain people, and, you know, face value is kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, and then, like, certain things might happen, and you're just like, yeah, you don't care. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Which is totally fine. You don't owe me nothing. Yeah. You don't owe me nothing. You shouldn't be discouraged from that. You know, yeah. but uh, that I say that to say like it, there's a way to, to naturally get some, some mentors and there's benefits from it, especially if you have a boss, it's better to have a mentor than a boss.
0: Yeah. Right. Talk about that a little bit. What do you mean by that?
1: So like, uh, my best mentor, my favorite mentor, she, you know, that's a connection till I die. Uh, she was my first corporate boss that was the girl the woman that hired me in IT or whatever Uh, she uh, when I first started I had no idea what I was doing I was totally trying to learn everything I could whatever the case was and um, uh, little did I know you know just me talking to her the way that we were talking about she just became invested in me and that's a big thing. Like if you're if you could get your boss to be invested in you, uh you're in then the only thing in your way is you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if and that's what having your boss as a mentor is like. They are your advocate at that point. Now it's not buy in. They got, you gotta get them to buy in and stuff, and that takes work, that takes effort. Like you definitely gotta do your job mm-hmm. if you want them to buy in, period.
0: But if they're invested in you, they're going to give you every opportunity to succeed that they can.
1: Because there's people that do their job. There's people – everybody does their job for the most part, right? Like you're going to go and do your job. Uh, There's people that get frustrated for doing their job well and get zero reciprocation. Mm -hmm. And a good, you know, remedy for that is why don't you make your boss your mentor? You know, like they are literally superior to you. They know what – you're going through and what you should be going through and even if they don't there's something you can learn from them you know there's there's a benefit of making somebody your mentor that you might not care to be your mentor yeah (laughs) they probably know something you don't like seriously like that the nature of that relationship is just beneficial yeah you know like i've had mentors that i didn't care to be my mentor for the most part but i still facilitated that type of relationship
0: yeah that because there might have been stuff that you would not want to model after but there was also stuff that you would you would want to model after
1: and if that's the case then then who cares
0: it's like like any relationship with any kind of superior ever i mean like i makes me think about just, like, parental relationships in general. Right. Like, you don't necessarily want to model after every single thing your parents do, but at the end of the day, when you become an adult especially, you kind of realize they know a lot of stuff you don't. Yeah. Have a lot of wisdom in there, and there might be certain things that they've done that you want to do differently, but they also know stuff and can teach you stuff yeah. constantly.
1: She uh, – when I got that job offer or whatever, and I was I, – I had – that's another thing is, like, don't play with those job offers unless you're willing to leave. Yeah. Because I've seen both ways where they played with the job offer thing and they the company was, like, cool, like, good, because we were going to let you go or something like that, you know. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I didn't really want to leave, you know. Yeah. But when I had that offer, I was ready to go. It was like a three-day standoff of like no communication. I was like, "Damn, like all right." And I talked to my wow. mentor. I was talking to my boss, like, you know, she was like, she was like, "They're not telling me nothing. Like, they're saying like, like good luck and stuff." And yeah. I'm like, "Wow, all right. Well, so do you want me to start training this person or like how do we? Yeah. How are we gonna do this? Because <laughs> oh, sure. I, that means I got two weeks or whatever." And she was like, "Stop! Like, <laughs> pump the fucking brakes, man! Like, all right." And she came to work. This is why you make your boss your mentor. The next day, she came to work, and she's super dressed down type of person. She came to work with a dress, makeup, eye like the nine. I've never mm-hmm. seen her like that. And even the whole team was kind of like, like you dressed up today. <laughs> and she looked at me like, yes, I did. Because she was going in to talk to the owners and stuff like yeah. that that day. Like, it was, like, the last hoorah or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she ended up making me stay. She ended up yeah. negotiating enough to make me stay or whatever the case is. But it's, like, if I don't do that, like, if I don't make her my mentor for those three years that I worked for her.
0: Never would have happened. I would have been gone. would have been, like, okay. She
1: would have so been, yeah. like, cool. Like, uh, I guess we'll get a new guy that could do this or, mm-hmm. you know, like. And that's that's that adds that personality to the business a little a bit. A
0: mentor is an advocate for you.
1: Come on, man. Like, yeah. always you gotta and it's to be worked for nobody Mm -hmm. owes you to be an advocate Mm -hmm. nobody nobody owes you to to help you out in life like if you think that's something you deserve then you are mistaken like you gotta not only work for it and earn it but like facilitate that a little bit and Mm -hmm. and then don't be shocked if it's not there because you weren't doing what you needed to do you know not just your job but like those things that we're talking about and then when you do it, and the time comes, then you're lucky. As lucky as preparation and opportunity, you know, then you're lucky, and then you get to see what that looks like.
0: Yeah, luck really is when preparation meets opportunity. That's it, dude. I love that.
1: Yeah, man. Speaking of that, we had something else on the docket. I've mentioned we a, did. i have mentioned I mentioned a couple times working in the warehouse. Uh so I, yeah I worked at my company since I was 16 I worked in the warehouse until I was 20 21 uh, so it was like four or five years I was in the warehouse and everybody knew me as like the kid in the warehouse like I would mm-hmm. walk around with ripped shirt with like grease and stuff like, like I was on the forklift all the time or whatever um uh there's a benefit of working in something that can help round you out and like what's your goal right so in my mind um I wanted to be an accountant and I was like you know what having inventory experience and stuff like that will help mm-hmm. because I see the kids in my classes and they're not working like a lot of them aren't working mm-hmm. and let's just say they're going to go work for my company and they're going to be an accountant They're not going to know the first thing about, you know, inventory processes, cycle counting, value, like stuff like that, you know? So I'm like, you know what? Instead of working at Forever 21 or like uh, something that's totally irrelevant to what I will be doing eventually, why don't I just, regardless of the pay, work somewhere that's going to round me out well? And that applies to everything. So like for me, I'm using my experience as accounting and then like fast forward and we talked about. The four biggest issues CFOs are gonna be facing, stuff like that. My accounting experience helped me with costing, inventory valuation, stuff like that. So like every time something comes up, that's like, eh, ask Cruz because he he worked down there and he 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 did this and that. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just that. It's like
0: and you continue to be positioned as a problem solver.
1: Yeah, when we get audited, I'm answering all the inventory questions. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not a manager. You know, I'm not our, our, our controller. I'm like, you know what I mean. But it's like, this kid worked there for like six years, and then he worked in the system, and then he now he's with us. So yeah. like, just ask him. You know what I mean? Like, it came to a point where it's like, just go, just ask her or whatever. Yeah. But like, my point is, is because I and it's just those work kind in of intangibles house.
0: that will show leadership. They, you have to be there. They they got to keep you around. Yeah, You're and invaluable
1: if the warehouse isn't th- isn't that for you then get out of the warehouse mm-hmm. right like I was one of my buddies so what you're saying there is do not just
0: treat your job as a means to an end to get you a paycheck yeah treat it as something that can get you to the next level
1: oh how many people man like I I got my dad staying at my house right and the mindset is just so different, dude. Like his mindset is just not there. And like when I talk to him about work and stuff, he's he's talking to me like, yeah, well, this job's sixteen dollars an hour, this job's eighteen dollars an hour, but this job will pay me twenty dollars an hour. And I'm listening, I'm like, I'm like, you didn't even explain the jobs. Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like you're focused on 16, 18, and twenty. Like what hap- Like what's the job? Where? What's the job? Where's it gonna take you? What's the plan? And yeah. it's that it like that instant gratification, that instant paycheck, that instant this. Like you know, like for him, it's a little different. He's older or whatever, but still, it's the same thing. It's like you're gonna take a twenty dollar an hour job that's gonna break your back instead mm-hmm. of taking a sixteen hour job that you could do for years. You know, like that's mm-hmm. just like a. A different way of looking at it. But like Or that
0: could prepare you for the
1: skills that's gonna give you the
0: twenty four an hour.
1: Come on, man. Yeah. yeah. If you're in high school, it's like, yeah, work is work, is good, money's money, that's fine. But if you kinda know what you wanna do, cool. Like you should try to do it regardless mm-hmm. of the pay. If you're in college and you're in marketing, if you're not doing something that that can relate in any way for even if it's for a little amount of money, like if you're well off or you don't need to work, boy, you better be doing something like that totally relates regardless of the money. Yeah.
0: Or if like, go learn a skill.
1: Yeah. Go learn a skill. You're in management major or something. What do you like? What industry do you want to be in? Mm-hmm. Just go work in that industry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know a girl that was in my accounting class, and she worked at—
0: And if you don't know what that industry is, go work in an industry where you can get that any you like. of, That you like. That you like, that you can get any kind of management experience.
1: Try it out, man. Like, yeah. go be a, a front desk clerk at Morgan & Morgan because you like the law claims or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you like to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or go do warehouse for a manufacturing plant Because that's manufacturing could be your industry Or go. And
0: if it's not Then you just learned the very valuable lesson Of something you don't want to do
1: Yeah for a job that means nothing mm-hmm. Before you like Are doing high stake Life changes Quick little anecdote I
0: thought about going to law school For a while And I was I was even like Minoring in law for a little bit For like couple semesters in undergrad like minoring in law like aside from my finance degree and i worked at a law firm for nine months as a file clerk just while i was in college and i came out of it going yeah i don't want to go to law school like i'm out like i just don't want to do this. and i might have gone to law school otherwise dude and it wouldn't have been the right choice for me
1: yeah man that's like
0: it's it was a very valuable lesson if that's not what I wanted to do.
1: It's invaluable. Like to not waste that time. Mm-hmm. Like, man, like I still question if I picked the right, you know what I mean? And I've been doing a lot of different things, a diff- different ways, very confident in what I'm doing now. But I, like we talked about, I was like, man, I do podcasts. I do this and that. I should have been a marketer or a salesman or something like that. You <laughs> know what I mean, I'm in here doing accounting, you know, but then that's yeah. the other thing. It's like, uh, uh, that, it that low level like inventory warehouse experience it built my communication it built a lot of things that mm-hmm. accountants don't uh stereotypically have right so it all it didn't just round me out well that way but it rounded me out as a person because and I your know
0: interpersonal skills yeah yeah
1: yeah because yep. I'm like I know especially this mba program a lot of these things i'm doing are helping me out but it's like i could go talk to the cfo i could go talk to the purchasing clerk or whatever and then i could go to the warehouse and talk to the guys and you know so like that's invaluable right there all in itself you know what i mean so it's like those are things that you're working on that you never even realized that you were working on yeah. You know, and it's like I don't want to do that. I don't want I want to be the accountant. I don't want to work in the warehouse. And it's like, "Well, stupid, you can't be an accountant right now cuz you're mm. in school." So like, why don't you
0: <laughs> Yeah. Do something that's going to something that's like at the beginning point of that end point.
1: Yeah. And then even more important than that what we were talking about, don't look at the dollar at hand. Look at the the goal. Look at the path in it. Cuz our company, we talked about uh we talked about working for smaller companies, big companies. Yeah.
0: No, we should we, get into that. Okay. That, that's Okay. A, okay. That's it. So, like, lucky. there's a
1: benefit of, like, working at a small company and a big company, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, pros and cons of each of them. Uh, I can't tell you the amount of people I've referred and gotten, like, warehouse jobs and stuff, telling them, like, yeah, I know you're not getting the most money now, but this company's small and we're growing so like yeah there's gonna be opportunities all you gotta do is be good just be yeah. good and you're gonna see opportunities it's a big pro of working at a small company uh if it's growing obviously mm-hmm. um and some of them look at the job like
0: and if they're hiring they're probably growing oh yeah oh yeah, yeah
1: for sure right and some some people look at it like well, I'm getting sixteen dollars an hour or something like that. Like I could go make eighteen at Amazon, you know, if I do the delivery service or something, you know, and I'm like, cool. But where's like
0: where's that delivery service gonna take you? But
1: see. Or construction or whatever the case is. Like, I mean, if you're trying to be a project manager or something, like, yeah, do that. Yeah. You know, but if you're not doing that, then what are you doing? You know what
0: a tough thing about that is, I think if someone sees like a $20 an hour opportunity versus a 16 wherever they're at whatever that looks like you have to not only swallow your pride a little bit to take the the smaller pay but you also have to accept a little bit of a lifestyle difference yep you you very well may have to drive a, a car that's not as nice as you'd like to for a little bit longer you might have to get a less expensive apartment you might have to live a little bit leaner whatever that looks like but in the long term it's going to set you up more yeah and you i think it's important to just know that and be willing to accept that that ego hit and that lifestyle change for the longer term picture
1: good things come to those that wait yeah like it is not a saying for no reason man like I I almost get scared when I feel like I'm indulging too much. Mm-hmm. Like at this point in my life, where I, like you know, like we could stop. Like we could just be like, cool. I'm gonna do what I'm doing. and I'm just go as hard as I can. But like we're still like we're going to the NBA program. Like yeah. we're still doing stuff. I get I find myself where I'm like, if I'm indulging too much in life, I get uncomfortable, and I'm just like, ooh, like uh, you're way. missing out on something. Like you you're you're gonna slip. Like you're yeah. getting ready to slip, bro. I'm the same way. I think
0: I I struggle with that sometimes. Like I'll I'll get to the end of the night and I'm like, Okay, maybe I watch like 30 minutes of this netflix show like (laughs) i don't know should i or should i listen to this podcast instead like it's just like i struggle with it like it's it's hard
1: vacations and stuff you've got to structure
0: it you do have to structure it in but at the same time you can't let that you can't like always just fall back on that
1: no no it's it's like it. at some point like for us it's probably unhealthy it is
0: (laughs) it can get unhealthy well (laughs) It's, it's about but finding, like, what's okay. sustainable for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, what's sustainable? What's yeah. the level that's sustainable? And then just being like, all right, that's okay. But anyway, I kind of got sidetracked or whatever. But
0: We're talking about the opportunity of being in a smaller company.
1: Yeah, so, like, uh, even in college, stuff like that, everybody's talking about working for big companies, this, this, and that, depending on what you're doing. I just want to sell working for a small company uh, how great it could be for you. And a big reason for the, my accelerated growth is that, working for a small company. Like, I've gotten, uh, I've I've seen the market research and stuff for senior accountants, and my age is well below average. Like, I'm young for a senior accountant. And I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Because, like, that means there's people, like, that worked a long time to become a senior accountant, you know? Uh and, and even some of the other offers that I might have gotten because of that, it's like, they're like, wait, you're only 26? And I'm like, what's the problem? <laughs> you know, or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Or, and it's like, oh, I need to realize I've worked at a smaller company. That's... You still got to be good to accelerate or, and whatnot, like to take full advantage of the opportunities. Yeah. But it's there. You know, like when you go to the big companies, you're surrounded by great people. And you're not necessarily the best around and you're not going to accelerate the same way. And I and they might not even want you to like you go to you that's why you company hop or whatever mm-hmm. the case is, you know? Um that's a big thing for small companies, I think. Um the the cons is like if you are accelerating and you are, you know, doing your best and stuff, you you'll see a lot more of the variability of skills, a lot more of the variability of motivations and stuff like that. Cause not everybody's there for the same reason. Yeah. You know, you go to a Lockheed Martin, everybody's like, I'm on my shit. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying mm-hmm. to do that, this and that, because this is the next step. Everybody's like kind of similar mindsets and yeah. stuff like that. Where in smaller company you kind of bump in this person that founded it or like was friends with the person that founded it. And yeah. they're just kind of like, you know, so like there's frustrations there too, you know, like, i i tell i was telling you about it like we go we do some classes and i just i'll go home and i'll call my fiance and vent like i can't believe we don't do this shit you know because they're literally telling us and like all the pros and cons like if i could just talk to somebody there you know and it's like i gotta control that because it's like man not everybody's trying to do like thinking the way you're thinking or trying to do what you're trying to do Mm -hmm. you can't push that on on
0: it might not be viable or possible for some reason
1: also true too, yeah, you know, so, but there's definite pros in working for a small company. another one is um when we've like timing is everything too, especially for small companies, right, like so like you got small company, but like those that are blowing up, they're hiring like crazy mm-hmm. and they're hiring big positions, good yeah. positions, and especially if you're like we did the same thing, we had a problem with we're we're gonna have a new system we don't understand our cost the best like certain things like that so we hired like directors respected and that are good at that mm-hmm. and they're still they're great and they're still there but it's like they some of them got a fast pass there because z- our, my company was growing and was like cool we're making you a director where yeah. like they would have had to work 10 more years to get that position anywhere else right you know uh, so so that's a big thing, too. Like, if you're looking for fast growth, like, looking at smaller companies and trying to figure out the timing of what they're doing, like, if you find out they're just implementing something, if you find out that they're doing something you're good at and is new for them, like, that's the best time to get a, a small company because they might overpay you compared yeah. to some of these other job, uh, uh, companies or whatever.
0: Overpay you or overqualify you.
1: Overqualify. If either one's going to work out well for you. Thousand if you can percent. grow into it. The cons of a small company, though, is like, it's the position helps, but like, you know, like directors at a small company might make the same thing as a manager at a big company. Yeah. Right. Like. Definitely true. Like 120 or whatever for our directors. That's like a manager at like a Lockheed Martin or something. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, mm-hmm. it's a little different. You know. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention is we've had a lot of people from big companies come to our smaller company and they never had to wear as many hats, right? When you're at a smaller company and you're thinking about being a generalist or whatever the case is, uh, there's nothing better than a small company to be a generalist. Yeah. You touch things you shouldn't. I've done things I had no business doing. Because it
0: needed help for some reason. They needed help. Like, Mm -hmm.
1: hey, there's a big deadline, X, Y, Z. We need your help. I did so much things I had no business doing when I was starting out. yeah. And now it's it's in my repertoire. Like now it's like it's a habit. And it's like that it was that would never be the case if I started off at a big company. Yeah. I would have done baby steps and then every position change would have been the okay, let's take the sun. <laughs> okay, I yeah. hope they don't think I'm bad. Instead it was like, Oh, you need help? Cool, let's do it. And then what do you think? Cool? Yeah, all right, I'll do it now if you want. You know, yeah. like so pros and cons for sure, man. Pros and cons for sure. I just want to say, I don't think small companies get enough benefit. Yeah. You know, benefit of the doubt, man. It's a good long-term play. Come on, man. Especially you get... if you're early in your career. Or or a short-term play. It's a good thing to start your career. Mm-hmm. Why don't you start at a small company and do the corporate ladder or whatever at a small company? It's a lot easier. You, you probably get a lot more experience. A smaller
0: ladder. Climb the ladder faster, then move on to the next thing.
1: And you're probably getting better experience from it. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not going to be better at anything than anybody else, but you probably seen more than anybody else at the bigger company. Yeah. And both are valuable. Yeah. So if you can't get one, go get the other. And I'm oh. one of those people that I wasn't the can get into Deloitte, can get into a lot of these places. So I had one option, you know, and that's that's what I did. And it works out good. And it can work out good. I love it. And I have a couple repeat questions I like oh, to ask go. everyone.
0: So my first question I have, and I use honestly just starting at the warehouse as the point because you've been with the same company for a while if you could travel back in time and talk to a younger cruise as he was first starting with your company in the warehouse having the experience and the knowledge that you have now what are a couple things you would tell him to do differently and why um
1: i would say uh lean into what you're good at and don't be ashamed for what you're not. Uh, That was too general. I like that, though. You know, like, I was always ashamed for not being very technical. Not technical, but like ashamed for not being the smartest kid in class. Stuff like that. But then I, I would go to work and I was the 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 goofy goof right like everybody with like, a is here like hey Cruz like and I would talk to everybody and this and this and that and I never saw value in that I just I just saw the the loss of value in not being great at school right and then that changed my confidence when I dealt with certain people throughout what I went through in my career and luckily it didn't affect me but it can, you know, like it could affect the opportunities you think you could go for. You know, like I was I was like curious, I was nervous to try for that new job opportunity, you know, like yeah. stuff like that. And it's like, no, you would be good at it. Like you mm-hmm. go you go to work and you could talk to all these people and you're in your
0: you can you can access mentors really well. You can get the skills you need by yeah. deploying that.
1: And it and it shapes people don't realize it, but we shape what we think we can be and, and mentally. Mm-hmm. we shape what we think we could be we we shape uh uh w- what's realistic and stuff like that and it's bullshit man like yes there's reality there's this and that but like like i didn't think i could graduate with a bachelor's in accounting i didn't think i'd get my masters eventually i didn't think a lot of things i didn't think the people i would talk to i would be talking to on the daily and stuff like that and that's why i i would say that is like man lean into what you're good at and do not be ashamed for what you're not because yep. like there's value everywhere man and everybody's got a role in it i love it
0: my other question is so the the show is called profession session and it's because i very much enjoy attacking the question what does it mean to be a professional so my question is what does it mean to be a professional to you personally Ooh. it's a, Typically, a different answer from everyone, and I love that about it because it's there are many different angles and perspectives on this, and I think it, in reality, it's like a conglomeration of of everything.
1: yeah uh to me, to be a professional would be to be um, to provide value to br- to provide value um in a way that's that's very consumable i think those that provide value that's not they're not professional and those that uh uh can't provide value then that's already <laughs>
0: yeah you're not you're not even employed at so that, that point so it's a fine line for yeah.
1: me i think to to provide value in a way that's very consumable
0: What's an example of providing it in a way that's consumable like uh, so if, simplest base most example
1: let's just say like um, uh, we have a problem with the income statement you know like something something why is this not happening uh, I there's a lot of people out there that could tell you well it's because you know it's it's because your costs are too high and this and this and that so that's that's like dummy. Or or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. It's because your costs are too high or look at your ratios. Just look at your ratios. Look at your ratios. And they're not wrong. Yeah. Right? They're not wrong. That's technically should be value if that person could consume it properly, right? Mm-hmm. But then somebody that goes, all right, come here, sit down. Here's your liabilities. Here's your this. Here's your that. This is what we don't want. This is what we want. And the ratio of that ain't ain't looking too good. Yeah. That's a professional to me.
0: And they're like, maybe they take it a step further. They're like, here's a couple things that can kind of cause a ratio to look like this.
1: I've here's seen some examples.
0: this make a ratio look like the, that. I've seen this make a ratio look like that. Based on what's going on here, this might be going. Yeah.
1: On. Like the what, what I'm getting at is like, I say value and consumable, but also it's like there's nerds and there's professionals. Mm-hmm. That's another way of saying it. Like, there's somebody that's like, they could like, they could number you to death or tech you to death or this to death. Mm-hmm. But if you can't make it consumable, if
0: you can't teach that skill and provide that skill and and help others understand, communicate it. it at least, communicate it at least.
1: And it's not all communication. There's people that can't communicate the best, but they they still are professionals because they know how to just make it digestible. Or they say i'll i'll convert your stupidness yeah into what i need to be and i'll give you a product that's a professional yeah. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i think that barrier is the difference because i say it I, I say it all the time it's like oh that's a nerd yeah that's a nerd and i'm a nerd mm-hmm. you know but like as long as you can make it consumable you're a professional yeah and that's how i see you could it be both yeah
0: Cruz, anything else you would want to share with the audience? Nah, man. Talk about the podcast a little yeah, bit?
1: Yeah, uh, thank you guys for watching this. I'm super honored, super flattered. This is super cool. This is an awesome episode. I never get to talk about business and stuff the same way. Uh, check me out on Pocket Watch Podcast. That's that's me and a couple of my buddies' podcasts. It's the point of view of an accountant, entrepreneur, and a realtor. Um, but it's super comedy, super uh it's it's not as insightful as this podcast i'll tell you that (laughs) way more entertaining It's entertaining it's a good time it's definitely a good time so i enjoy doing this because i get to i get to nerd out and it's like awesome for me i don't get to talk like this with my buddies but that's the balance of our podcast i guess
0: you know thanks for nerding out with me yeah dude
1: that's the balance of of our podcast
0: I'm excited to go on yours it'll be fun.
1: yeah stay tuned stay tuned if you're not subscribed go subscribe to pocket watch podcast brody's gonna be on very soon
0: and I will provide all the links and information on his podcast down in the description or the show notes thank you so much for listening and that's a podcast
1: that's a pod.